0: Welcome to Remember My Name, Profiles of Heroes in Military and Law Enforcement. When you think of a hero, what comes to mind? A John Wayne-type character running through the jungles of Vietnam, carrying a wounded comrade on his shoulders, guns blazing, picking off commies hidden behind banana leaves? Or John Bassalone running through enemy fire in Guadalcanal, carrying 90 pounds of ammunition and firing his 30 caliber machine gun? Or Robin Olds? Air Force Triple Ace F-4 fighter pilot on a mission in Vietnam, dodging through enemy flak with his sights pointed at his objective. Or is it the unknown soldier who bravely fought alongside his men, but whose valiant acts will never be known because no one in his platoon made it back alive to tell the story. A hero is someone who stares at fear, knowing they could very well die, but continues on ahead. A hero is someone who takes that next step despite the risk, Heroism is something that is ingrained, not learned. A hero understands the responsibility that comes with freedom. As you sleep peacefully in your bed at night, heroes are standing guard in your cities and across the globe, ready to take the fight to the enemy. Heroes are humble and don't expect to be acknowledged. Many will never be known. This podcast is about heroes in the military and law enforcement. Some gave their service for America and served in the armed forces. Some have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom, and others protect the local community and died in the line of duty. Our lives would be a whole lot different if it weren't for the hard work and sacrifice of these brave men and women. They could have gone on to live lives that were less dangerous, however, they dedicated themselves to your protection. If you ever have the pleasure of talking with one of them, they'll tell you, I'm not a hero but I had the honor of walking beside a few. Others will say the real heroes are those who didn't make it back home. This episode is dedicated to 1st Lieutenant Erwin Bleckley, World War I. Blackley was an aviator with Battery F, 130th Field Artillery, 50th Aero Squadron, 1st Corps Observation Group. Irwin was born on December 30, 1894, in Wichita, Kansas. His father, Colonel Elmer E. Bleckley, was a railroad agent for the Missouri Pacific Railroad and the vice president of the Fourth National Bank. At the age of twenty two, on June 6, 1917, Bleckley, then a bank teller in one of his father's banks, enlisted as a private in the Kansas National Guard, joining Battery F, 1st Field Artillery. It is said that he is the second man to enlist, according to the unit commander. On July 5, 1917, he was commissioned as second lieutenant in the field artillery. One month later, his unit was called into federal service. The 1st Field Artillery was then reorganized into the 130th Field Artillery at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, as part of the 35th Infantry Division. Blackley had expressed a desire to become a pilot, but his family objected, and he instead became an artilleryman. When he arrived in France on March 1918, the newly organized Air Service of the American Expeditionary Force announced a need for artillery officers to train as aerial observers. Blackley immediately volunteered, graduated from the observer school at Tours, France, and was attached to the 50th Aero Squadron on August 14, 1918. At the same time, the 50th was based at Amante AeroDome and flew the de Havilland DH-4 aircraft. Blackley, known as Black and popular in his squadron, flew his first combat mission at 0530 on September 12, 1918. This was the first day of the offensive, which was the first coordinated large-scale employment of the Air Service air power. Flying as observer for flight leader 1st Lieutenant Harold E. Gettler, known as Dad, in aircraft number two, the mission supported the advance of the 90th Division, and was the first of several that resulted in a recommendation for Blackley's promotion to 1st Lieutenant on September 17th. At the beginning of October, units from the 308th Infantry Division were cut off and surrounded by German troops. Able to communicate with Division Headquarters only by a carrier pigeon, the battalion sized force inadvertently supplied Division Headquarters with incorrect coordinates of its location. As early as October 2nd, the 50th Aero Squadron searched for signs of the cutoff battalion, and on October 5th, the Division Commander, Major General Robert Alexander, requested that the 50th Aero Squadron locate and resupply the lost battalion by air with ammunition, rations, and medical supplies. Four attempts to pinpoint the location were unsuccessful in increasingly bad weather. On the early afternoon of October 6, 1918, flying again with Kettler, Blackley took off to try to locate the lost battalion. After completion of their first mission, they returned to Remencourt with numerous holes in their aircraft from small arms fire and problems with their spark plugs Warned by squadron commander, Captain Daniel P. Morris, that a second sortie would be exceedingly more difficult than hazardous, Bleckley was quoted as saying, "'We'll make the delivery or die in the attempt.'" Late in the afternoon, the pair flew a second resupply mission, in aircraft number six borrowed from Lieutenant Pickrell when their own was not serviceable. In the book, The History of Wichita, Bear Grease Builders and Bandits by Becky Tanner in 1991, It gives an eyewitness description of what followed. Gettler skidded his plane. He made side turns. He sideslipped a little occasionally. He climbed and then dived. Each time the plane turned and its great mottled belly flopped back into normal position. The men of the lost battalion expected to see it tumble from the sky. But on its way it went like a charmed thing, roaring up and down and across, rocked occasionally by the ash of big shells that had just passed the plane finally crashed into the French terrain. The DH-4 flew low just above the treetops, cresting hilltops and descending into a ravine in which the Germans could shoot down at the aircraft. The attempt to draw fire to pinpoint German positions would help find the battalion by the process of elimination. By flying low, the attempts to drop supplies into an area 350 by 50 yards where the battalion was believed to be dug in Would be more precise. Even so, much of the resupply was recovered by German troops, and the aircraft came under intense and accurate fire from German machine guns and rifles. Gettler was struck in the head by a bullet and killed. The DH-4 crashed into Allied lines and Bleckley was thrown from the plane and severely injured. Unconscious, he was rescued by French soldiers and rushed by automobile to a hospital. And died in route of internal injuries suffered from the crash. Morris successfully recommended both men for the Distinguished Service Cross, two of the six received by aviators of the squadron. The awards were upgraded to the Medal of Honor by the Decoration Board in 1922. The medal was presented to Bleckley's parents at the Wichita Forum in March 23, 1923. In Wichita in 1932, Blackley Drive was named after Lieutenant Bleckley. Bleckley's family donated his Medal of Honor to the National Museum of the U.S. Air Force in Dayton, Ohio. A monument commemorating Bleckley and Guttler's final flight was erected on October 7, 2009 at Marimba Court, 91 years and one day after they were killed. So take a moment and remember these names, Harold Guttler and Erwin Bleckley.